What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wildlife Control Podcast. On today's episode, I had Daniel Watson on, the owner of Critter One of San Antonio, Texas, a $1.5 million business. Daniel has doubled the size of his business in the past 12 months, went from just a few employees last year to now 12 employees this year. And I really enjoyed talking to him and getting to know his business and the ways that he has grown it so far with plans to continue to grow it. I hope you enjoy the episode. And if you do enjoy the episode, if you would, please leave us a review. Thank you. So I can see your company name on your hat and on your shirt, but for those of you that well, nobody can see it. <laughs> so tell me, um, so your name's Daniel Watson. Is that right? Yes, sir. And what's, what's your company name? Where are you located? So we're um, Critter One Animal Control, and we're in San Antonio, Texas. So we'll cover, basically, San Antonio is in Bear County. So we'll cover all of Bear County. Um, run up to New Braunfels, Bernie. Those are kind of some suburbs that we handle. Um, there's really no uh, designated wildlife company that's there. Um, and so that's in the plans soon is to just set up shop in one of those areas to look like the local um, company. That's one of the kind of the big things here in Texas is people love the the local guy. They don't want the 1-800 number call center deal. Right. Of course. Yeah, Texas is as American as it gets, right? So they, they definitely want the local company. That's right. Yes, sir. So when did you get started? So, um, the company or like when I got into the industry? Oh yeah, when did you get in the industry? So I actually, um, I guess a, a complete background about me, I, I grew up out in Bernie, Texas, which is about 20 miles northwest of San Antonio, went to high school there and then graduated in 04, went to college at Baylor in Waco, graduated in 2008 when, you know, of course, apparently the economy was bad and all that stuff. Well, you know, people listening maybe have had the same deal is like they get out of, you know, trade school or get out of college and the whole time you're in there, oh, you're going to come out making all this money. You know, people are going to be lined up to hire you, you know? Well, that definitely wasn't the case when I graduated August of 08. Um, so I spent the next six months trying to, trying to get an interview, honestly. Um, thought I was so cool with this degree and things like that. Well, I ended up just doing what I was doing in college, bartending, waiting tables for about six months. And then finally got a call back from uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, believe it or not, and uh, joined that company. Uh, you start as like a manager trainee and then assistant manager, branch manager. And that's really when I got my feel of kind of running a business um, to where, you know, I could have have a product, have a uh, a system in place to emulate and then grow and then work with higher up managers to talk about profit loss, operating costs, um, managing employees, things like that, um, to where I was like, man, I, 
I like this, you know, and then um, the next goal there was to be like an area manager. And that's kind of when you really get the feel of like you're running a company, you have these branches under you, several employees, but then you have like managers also that, you know, that the whole saying stuff runs downhill, kind of like that. Um, and so while, while I was there, I ended up getting recruited to do medical sales. And that was a completely different deal, but that's where I was really able to hone in like my sales um, skills and then work on like a longer sales process, working with doctors on really selling mostly like durable medical equipment. So like hospital beds, nebulizers, oxygen, things like that. And then that got me the, the, the uh, idea of like the freedom of being out and about, you know, not in an office, not in a building every single day. So those two things coupled, I think, kind of is what really brought out the uh, entrepreneur in me that like taking all these skills that I learned by working with these other companies and then let's let's put it into something that, you know, I can build and have my own um, process procedures, things like that. And so I dabbled in a couple of other things before getting into wildlife. Um, Anybody who's living in an apartment nowadays, usually you don't have to walk your trash out to the dumpster. There's something, there's like a bin that you put your trash right outside your door and a company comes and gets it and takes it all away. So we had here in Texas, there's a few companies. And so uh, me and a, another guy, you know, bought an LLC, got some bins, tried to go sell some apartment complexes. We got a couple and we quickly found out that man, that's a lot of work after working your full-time job, going out from eight to midnight picking up this trash and then you're all stinky and then we're it's our personal trucks <laughs> you know and so we kind of you know got out of that and then i actually um everything happens for a reason right it's crazy so in my medical field deal i had um a manager who ended up he was just tired of the corporate life tired of getting uh you know, steamrolled over with the promotions and just all this different stuff, getting the company getting sold and different process procedures, what have you. So he actually got out and got into a franchise that's pretty well known here in Texas. It's uh, Wildlife X Team. And so he bought in and was doing that for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So he goes to work for another competitor in town who's still a, a pretty big player in the market here. And they were busy and he was pretty much running it for the owner. He would field the calls, do the jobs, pick up the animals, do the exclusions. Well, he got so busy. He was like, dude, you're good at sales. Can you come after work and just like do, do the five, six, seven, eight o'clock leads or uh, Saturday and Sunday? And I was like, I don't know anything. I've hunted my whole life and fish. I don't know anything about getting raccoons, rat squirrels out of an attic, but uh, sure. You know, so he's like, yeah, just call in on a Friday. Let me just sh show you how it's done. And so I did. I called in. He ran through three or four leads. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what these people were paying to get rats, squirrels and, and such out of their attic. And so I was like, dude, let's do it. Like, send, I'll go every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday night, whatever. And so I was just selling. I just sold. Um, I would do some pickups if there was needed, like on Saturdays and Sundays, some rat trap checking. but Really, my main deal was coming, assessing the problem, figuring it out, and then selling the, the exclusion service. And in doing that, um, just from what I had learned in my other previous jobs, and then honestly, too, a lot of just common sense that, like, you, if you want to really um, get, provide a great service for these customers, 
there's a ton of things, especially now with technology that could be done. So the customer is not waiting four hours for us to come. Um, you know, get as simple as getting the guy, get, I didn't even have a logo shirt or a cap. I literally just had invoices, paper invoices. I was in my own F-150, <laughs> you know? And so I was like, who's this? this guy? Oh, he's got the invoice that has the company name on it. I guess he must work for them, you know? And so I just found a bunch of stuff that like could definitely be done way better um, and really kind of shake up this whole, you know, the old school trapper guy coming, you know, uh, in his truck and he's, you know, got coyotes in the back and stuff like that, but kind of put a more professional, like, I don't know if this is a good note, but bring it up with like the big, like AC companies, plumbers that got the full wrap trucks. The guys are in collared shirts. Um, you know, the text when we're on the way, the text when we start, when we finish online invoicing, um, kind of just get with the times, uh, for lack of a better term. And so that's when I started it. Uh, believe it or not, Texas Independence Day 2015. So uh, March 2nd, 2015. Nice. So not not that long ago, really. Yeah, um, five and a half years. Yeah, nice. And do you care to, so when you started, it was just you obviously and your partner? So I had, uh, I did have a partner. He was a minority partner. And uh, so he would really just kind of do that admin stuff, right? So I was the one that brought a sales guy from that other company and a, and a technician and then myself. And then really the, the partner, he was almost a silent partner. Um, he would really, he would do payroll, QuickBooks, kind of the back-end admin stuff, which, you know, People that may be listening, if if they've grown, you know, you can outsource that stuff for three hundred bucks a month, you know. Um, and so once once we actually we can get in that to that a little bit. We actually parted ways uh, about two years ago now. Um, it was it was a bad decision on my part to bring in bring him give him equity. Um, ever since conception, really, of the business, he was always trying to fight and get more equity without doing anything more <laughs> you know uh huh. yeah <laughs> yeah that's understandable and do you care to share what your sales are today so we should um you know we're getting into that last quarter which typically is big time for us so projected to do 1.5 uh for the annual year that's awesome and how many employees do you have we have 12. nice that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Never know. You could land at those couple of big jobs this last quarter and uh, and break that $2 million mark. That would be, I mean, I, we're poised and ready for it. Um, we're poised and ready for it. So, yeah, that would be a huge blessing. And um, we're just, I mean, ever since COVID, I mean, honestly, we got busier. You know, I, I had listened to a couple of your previous talks about COVID and how to play through it. And we did nothing but get busier. Um, that was one of the things when, you know, the president issued the stay at home deal and then all the governors and mayors followed along that. My wife was like, well, what do you think's gonna happen? I said, well, honestly, 
uh, they're going to have to have a policeman outside the house telling me not to go to work because we got yeah. like 70 traps out right now, you know? Yeah. And then when they, you know, said we were essential and that, um, I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, if everyone's going to be working from home, they're going to be hearing those animals more than they ever did because they're not leaving the house, you know? Yeah. Um, and they sure did. I mean, we, I, you know, when people are getting laid off and things like that, we were hiring. Awesome. So when did you, when did you hire your first employee? What year? So you started in 2015. So 2015 is when we started. And I actually, I mean, essentially um, brought over with me from that other company, the sales guy who introduced me to it and then brought over one of the technicians. And so I guess you could say those as hiring, but I guess my first, after that, the most crucial hire was a lady to answer the phones. Um, I mean, you know, and I'm sure many people listening, uh, I mean, when you're doing numbers, like what I just mentioned, you're getting 70, 80 calls a day and that's not all new customers. That's warranty. That's animal pickups, trap checks, follow-ups, what have you. Um, and I was doing that. I was selling leads, riding around the truck. I had my headphones on answering calls. I had the notepad and just name, number, address, and we'll be there, you know, 10 to two or whatever. And so that was my biggest um, and hardest and most letting go, I guess, uh, hire was the, the first lady answering the phone. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to do that. Um, but you have to, right? You can't really Absolutely. take it to the next level until you, you gotta let go somewhere. Right, and so I think it goes back to, and I'm sure you, I know you mentioned it, in, in a few of your podcasts and you've had some people on, I'm sure people listening that, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, there's a number of reasons why, but like you're thinking about the money and like, well, if I hire them, then it's less money for me. And then are they going to be able to do it like I am? You know, uh, are they going to be able to answer and book the lead? Can they sell? I mean, cause everything is a sell. Um, you got to book that lead, you know, cause, and then get us out there so we can in person sell them um, things like that. And so that was my biggest, like, oh, and she has been phenomenal. I mean, she's been here now for um, three and a half years, never skipped a beat. I mean, we just recently hired another lady to help answer the phones, and she did most of her training with the verbiage and things like that. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. There's no way that you can grow and do everything yourself. You know, I mean, you can make a good living doing it all yourself, but, you know, what's going to happen when you want to take off a few days or your kids are sick or the honeymoon or anything, you know, um, yeah. you got to put people in place. And that, that was definitely one of the biggest turning points in our business was me, um, delegating and of source still following up. But I mean, now, I mean, I, I could be gone a few weeks back. My wife and I, we went to Utah and the business didn't skip a beat. I mean, if anything, we were busier, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I've always found that too. Whenever I go on vacation, it seems like that's where we make our biggest sales. And I come back and I'm like, well, I guess I should probably go on more vacations. That's right. Yep. That's right. So that's awesome. So I'm curious to hear because everybody sets it up differently. Um, so with your 12 employees, are all those guys sales and service techs, or do you you have them in individual positions that focus on specific services? 
So that was one of the things too that I found that um, not only the company I worked for, but a lot of our competitors here is they kind of um, set it up to where it's like a one-man show, but there's multiple. So like, I think it's the old critter control model as well, where it's one guy in a truck. Uh, he gets a lead from whether a call center or the lady at the office. He goes out, sells that lead, does the exclusion, sets the traps, and then he's the one to monitor the traps and then go back and remove once everything's done. And my thought with that is that's great, but I, I mean, I would have to have more of those guys doing that when I could really kind of use the um, sales model in the medical field where you have, you know, you have reps and then you have people who go set up the product that you sold and then you have a follow-up that goes and maybe does maintenance on that product. And so how we have it set up is uh, we have two ladies answering the phones um monday through friday eight to six saturday eight to two and then sundays it rolls directly to voicemail which um i'm actually still checking those that's something that i need to emulate that's the one thing that i still need to kind of um let go of is those after hours voicemails i need to have some type of an on-call technician um and the benefit with them is hey if a lead comes in you got time on sunday at four go sell it make some money you know, or book it for yourself Monday, whatever. And then the two ladies, so then we have three sales reps and their main objective is to um, show up to the lead, identify the problem and sell the job. And, um, you know, we use a dispatching system that allows them to not have to go to each stop that they sell. Um, the technicians know, itemize what needs to happen. There's a private note section, pictures, all of that. Um, so their main objective right now is to sell. Now, there will be times when we have um, customers that are, I don't know the nice way to put it, but they just particular, right? There's certain things that they want done certain ways. And so they will go and do uh, some QC or quality control on those jobs and uh, make sure it's going perfect. And then we have two two-man crews and those crew guys are the ones that do all the exclusion work from the you know uh, basically sealing the house and set the initial traps and then after that we have two uh what i label as trap checkers and they're the designated guys that go out and pick up any live traps that are caught animals overnight the scheduled rodent trap checks and then they can also go and identify we do give a guarantee a 15-month guarantee that is all inclusive so we say that if we did the job and we told you that we could get the animals out if they come and bust a hole in your soffit that we never even touched that's on us we'll come take care of the soffit trap and remove and so they can go back and do those warranty checks as well yeah. and so that's how we have it and then i'm go ahead sorry well, I just, you know, it just like everyone listening, um, and then I wear all those hats when needed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so one one thing I'm curious to hear hear your input on. Um, so 1.5 this year. When did you break a million? So we will actually this year will be the first year that we're we're over a million. Fantastic. So I'm curious to hear, is this the first year you've had more than one salesperson? So it's not. 
Um, but the first year that I had the two guys, I did what you had talked about in one of your podcasts is we split the city straight up and down. And for, well, the, you know, there it's sales. It can be taught in this industry. I do believe because the needs already there. It's not like your fundamental, um, create the need. Here's the, uh, solve the need and then close them. This is like, there's a raccoon in your attic. This is how you need to get out. So the sell is really why you should choose us for the X amount compared to the other guy. And so I, we did have two guys. One was just an underperformer and ended up having to let him go. I mean, we were just losing, losing leads, losing money. And so yeah. we stuck with just one guy. And that's kind of when, you know, that year, year and a half, almost in the two years, we had the problem with the, you know, the partner and things like that. Um, to where 2018, that was kind of the, the rough year. We kind of took a dip. And then last year, uh, I took it back completely over. He was able to exit the company and I took it back completely over. And I was actually the only sales rep. And I had two guys from April until um, December of 2019. And I did that really to pay off the buyout amount and just make sure that we had enough money to, to, to still survive. And then after that, like basically last December is when I um, hired another crew, uh, hired another sales guy, and then I promoted two crew guys, two sales. Um, so it was really the beginning of this year, December of 19 and then January of 20 that I just said, let's, let's blow the top off, put people in place. I know there's business out there. Um, let's just ramp up the advertising, get everyone busy and start going. And believe it or not, COVID to me, and I, and I was unfortunate. A lot of people, I have friends that lost gyms and hair salons and restaurants, but we hit, hit it, hit it. I mean, almost perfect. I mean, we've been slammed ever since. That's awesome, man. So I, I can't help but notice that the Wildlife Control podcast came out in 2019 and then your business grew substantially in, in 2020. So I'm sure that had everything to do with your growth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly, I didn't hear about the podcast until you had reached out to me, but I have been as I'm out in the the field actually today getting everyone honed in because we got that busy season coming in i have been listening to them and it's i mean it's great information a lot of stuff it really makes you as a as the as the business owner or even owner operators if you got crew guys that are you know you had talked about one about the home depot trips and things like that um we do order most of our stuff bulk and have it at a at a we have an office space that has a warehouse um because a lot of times i mean there's a there's quite a few home depots but sometimes you know, you're further from the Home Depot than you are the office. And so we just have where you go pick yep. up your supplies in the morning, you knock it out for the day. You can either come back in the afternoon and load up for tomorrow because they typically know their jobs for tomorrow by the end of the day today. Um, so, I mean, because, you know, when you're out there, I mean, you can you can waste 30, 45 minutes at Home Depot, depending on how, how long the line is. And, you know, from even my crew guys who pay hourly, they don't they don't. They're like, man, if I just want to get done for the day, clock out and be done. I don't want to waste time, you know, especially down here in South Texas. Uh, it's cooler today and it's been cooler, but they're trying to be done by three, man. 
If not, it's 102. Feels like 115, you know? Yeah. No, I was just joking about the podcast. But last year, 2019, what were your sales last year? So we barely beat what we did that bad year. The 2018, we did uh, 745. And last year, we did right at, I mean, almost to the penny, 760. And that was kind of my goal going into 2020, you know, talking with my wife. Um, I'm a big kind of, you know, if, if someone else has done it, man, why aren't we doing it? You know, there's, there's, there's 18, 20 year olds that have these, you know, internet businesses or YouTubes, whatever they're driving Bugattis and they got $15,000, you know, the tennis shoes on, you know, so let like it, they, they, the sky's the limit. I mean, dream big, but not only dream, like set a goal, man, and go every day to get after it. I mean, cause it's there. And if here's the deal is if you're not going to get it, someone's going to get it you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was really coming into this year. I was like, we're going to ramp, we're going to hire, we're going to grow. Um, and I know you talk a lot about being, uh, working with the competitors and we're a small deal and maybe this is not something that I'm, I'm about seek and destroy, man. I mean, I want to go just because I've, I've seen the competitors, we go after them and I just know that we, we give a better product, a better guarantee. Um, and to where I, I, it, it, I almost feel, and I tell my sales guys, if, if we don't get that job, it's almost like we did a disservice to that customer because we know what they're going to get from the guys in town, you know? Um, and so that's kind of my, I just, I love being competitive uh, and I love striving to be the absolute best. And that's what my crew and team, that's kind of our, our deal here is, hey, let's, let's do the small things. That way the big things come. And we did, we deliver the, the best product um, to where a lot of, I mean, we get a ton of referrals just because of that, you know? Yeah. And then you've said it in one of your podcasts, just the, literally the easiest thing you got to do is just do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's, That's it. it really is so easy. It's so easy. Uh, have you seen the movie, the founder about McDonald's? I have. Yes, sir. He says, if my competitor was drowning, I would stick a hose in his mouth. <laughs> is that you <laughs> so not quite that bad because here's the thing well, is, I, don't, I, I don't have time I don't, I don't have time to go put the hose man i'm, I'm off going to getting white while they're trying to swim we're already we got we got the motorboat we're loaded <laughs> up and ready hey competition is is good for the consumer um it's not always good for us right i mean if we had a choice if i had a choice there'd be one wildlife control company it'd be mine there would be no other competitors. So right. uh, competition's only good for the consumer. Um, so, hey man, that's huge. So you guys doubled your business this year compared to last year. And- Yes, sir. I think, I don't know a lot of people that have done that. So I think that's really impressive. Uh, and I didn't know that until now. Um, so, Last year, you were you had two guys. You're doing all the sales, and I'm sure a little bit of everything. What I think for a lot of people, they probably want to know how in the world did you do that? Like, how did you go from 760? Well, you're more than yeah, pretty much doubled. Um, how do you go from 760, 760,000 to 1.5 million in a year? Um, in in one location, uh, I think probably has it has my curiosity. 
and you don't have to tell us all of your secrets, but I'm sure it has, does it have something to do with leads or is it more on the sales side? And then obviously having the text to get the jobs done. So it's kind of both. I mean, this market that we're in, we're very blessed that it's, it's on fire and it's been pretty insulated from the whole COVID deal. We had a lot of military here, a lot of tech companies, a lot of people who were able to stay working and working from home. So of course, if they're making money, they can spend money, right? And so really the main thing was, is we always had the advertising, we had the brands, we got these trucks that are loud and proud. They're like orange all over the road. Um, the problem was, is the sales, I, I, I mean, I could only go run nine or 10 leads a day, you know? And then yeah. when I was doing that, if, if someone called in at four and they needed someone an hour already booked, they're calling the next guy on the list. They, I got to get this raccoon out of my attic is the attitude, you know? And so really it was getting the three sales guys, getting myself out of the field so I could work on some small things, um, work heavily with, we outsource our, our uh, SEO website, Instagram, Facebook, all that to a uh, uh, company here in town and really didn't even boost, honestly didn't even boost. I mean, we did a little bit as we were making more. I was like, let's throw more in, of course, you know? Um, but at the first of the year, January, which I think most people know in this industry, I mean, the, the, the money season is October all the way till June for those raccoons, you know? Um, most homeowners will play around with rodents and squirrels trying to get them out until they've had it up to their head and they finally call us. But as far as a raccoon, they get up there and see it. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I'm a, I'm a big, tough dude. I can, you know, hunt and, you know, bench press, but I'm not going to mess with that raccoon, you know? And so uh, that was really it is being able to run the 10, 15 leads a day and closing, you know, 60 to 70 of them. and then. And then having the two crews that could go do the job, you know, because we got we got competitors in town that I mean they'll send. There's one guy, it's a franchise. It's a Triple A C Wildlife. Yeah, he'll send, all, He's like, man, I, yeah, he's like, man, I can't get to these guys for a week and a half. Can you do them? Yeah, we'll be there today. We'll do the job tomorrow. You know, so that was kind of my deal. And it's one thing I'll remember forever: the Enterprise Rent a Car. That was what they taught was yes mentality. I mean. If there's yep. no cars in the lot, none to rent, you go pick that customer up, we'll find a car to put them in. You know, yeah. and so that's our mentality here too, is if you need something done, we're coming. You can't get home till 6.30, we'll be there, 6.30. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll meet you at 5 a.m. Like that's there's right. no time, too early, too late. If you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. If you don't want that's it, right. if, if one of our salespeople tells me, hey, I want to sell, you know, half a million dollars a year of business and they get a lead and it's four o'clock and they try to schedule it for the next day, then I don't believe them. I don't believe that they really want it. Because if you really want it, hey, it's, you know, right here on the East Coast right now, it's not uh, getting dark until eight o'clock. Why, you don't, you don't want to sell half a million dollars if you're trying to go home at five. You know, That's right. so if you really want it bad enough, you'll, you'll find a way. You got to find a way. Hundred percent. Let little things like that stop you, because that's that's easy, you know, to just go home at five. Well, man, I'm really proud to uh, to see that growth for you. That's fantastic. So I'm getting so the leads leads increased a little bit for you. You added those salespeople, and 
that was probably it, right? I mean, literally just to be able to go and, and get the jobs that other people weren't wanting to do because they either, like you said, wanted to be home at five. Um, they were already booked out two or three days. You know, and that, that's my gauge right now. Right now we have three sales guys filling out, you know, the crews will do four, each crew will do about four jobs a day. So we're doing eight a day. Once I, once I see that like um, today's Wednesday, if we're already booking for Saturday, it's time to get another crew. No, nobody wants to wait two days to get that raccoon out of their attic. And so that's yeah. kind of how I gauge is like, I want us to, if not do the job same day with the crew, at least tomorrow we're coming out and getting the, getting the process started. Nobody right. wants to wait two days. If, if they do, they're, they're getting back on Google, getting back in the phone book, getting on next door, wherever, and finding the guy who can come right now and get this thing out of here. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, I've found that you gotta show up fast if you want to get the business and get started that doesn't mean you have to do every service that you can sell that customer uh, do y'all do attic restoration so we have done a few and that is the only thing that i have subbed out to a, a insulation company um you know they'll go suck all the insulation out and then blow new in the this the extent that we do is we do disinfect the attic um to cover the pheromone smell of the animals to make it less likely for them to catch that smell and want to break back in. Yeah. But even, even so that, that is, that is something that absolutely could add. I, I missed you there, Kyle. That's okay. Yeah. It's cut, cut in and out there for a second. I was just saying, you know, for getting animals out of an attic, there's obviously a sense of urgency there. But for the other services, like, you know, the enzyme treatment that you are talking about, or uh, even exclusion work, your customers, as long as you get out there and get started with something, with some trapping or, or something like that, you can always push that exclusion work out. You know, and if you get enough of it coming in, then you, yeah, you can go ahead and hire another crew. But we've had situations where we were booked up with exclusion work as far as two months out, um, <laughs> which is crazy. But we're already, you know, we're, we're actively trapping there and getting the trapping work done first. And then we're coming out a later date and then doing exclusion. Um, have you ever had that scenario before? So um we do and that was one of the ways that we were able to kind of grow until we got the second crew is yeah the sales guy even if it's a raccoon you know you sell the job go ahead and set the live trap you know yeah. um, that way the process is started in the customer's mind um that you know we're good to go the only you know we don't um so i don't know if you, we use a lot of the one-way excluder doors and yeah. so until you do the exclusion work putting the one-way door is kind of null and void. So in, in the customer's mind though, like you just said, as long as some type of action is happening, um, they're okay with giving you the deposit, the trap set. And a lot of times in their mind too, if you go ahead and catch a, a raccoon, probably not the one that was in the attic, but you catch something, um, they're like, that, that gives them more faith in the company too. They're like, oh, this works, you know? And then, and then we come, you know, it is the third day and we've caught maybe two raccoons. Now let's get it sealed up, throw the one way up. They hear noises for another day or so. We don't catch anything else. Dude, they're satisfied, you know, and that bought us 
two days to fill in the other, you know, eight jobs, 10 jobs that we had to do. And now we can get to theirs. Yep. Totally agree. And, and we do use a lot of the one way doors. It just depends on the situation, but we try and focus on that because it saves you a ton of time with having to go out and pick up animals and dispose Absolutely. of animals and all that stuff. So what, you know, for you, where do you see Critter One being in the next two, three, five years from now? So definitely by five years, uh, being at least two other markets, um, looking to actually by like next spring, summer, get into the Austin market. It's about an hour and a half uh, north of us. And that city is on fire, just like San Antonio. Um, and really just gonna have some capital. And that's really the reason the way is have some capital and just show up to where the, the competitors there kind of like, who the heck are these guys? Where do they come from? What's going on? You know? Um, and that, cause I think I, I finally, of course, after five years, right? You never know it all. There's always gonna be something to change, but I have a pretty good grasp of, you know, I'm not needed necessarily every single day in the field, maybe not even every week. So it's something that that was the reason too to set it up where it's, you know, ladies answering the phone, sales guys are kind of like middle management. They can manage the crew and then the digital software that we have to where they can dispatch straight from the house, know what they need to get done. We can ping stuff in like if the ladies know or even the sales guys, if, if they're looking like they're already on their third job and they're an hour ahead, let's sneak another one in or go do a warranty check. Or whatever but kind of got a good culture to where like let's load it up to where i'm, I'm not going to be needing to babysit this thing and can really go and hit the hit the ground running out there in the next location um instead of like this one kind of for the first i mean i would even say all the way until you know january flying by the seat of your pants let's go you know let's just drive revenue let's hire let's put people in place let's get it you know Absolutely. When you go to Austin, you should get on Joe Rogan's podcast because he just moved there. He could probably get you a bunch of business. Yeah, no, that that would be awesome. Definitely. Maybe he'll have a <laughs> raccoon and we'll get to go take care of him. <laughs> That's awesome. So no man, you have no managers right now. Is that right? Nope. And that's the, I'm the manager. And so my wife and she listened to this. This is that's the one thing that I'm still kind of holding on to, you know, is um and it I, I don't know if it goes back to like um you know it's the you know ah it's like my baby and i'm gonna i can't no one's gonna do it as better as me blah 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 um or even like the money you know I, and that that may be something to talk to you off offline about is like i don't even know what to, where to begin to pay them how to structure it uh what even that yeah, I, I definitely know what I'd have them do. <laughs> It'd be all the stuff that I'm yeah, currently doing, exactly. you know. Um, and then that would absolutely give me the opportunity to go and and just set up shop in Austin and and you know, just blow it up. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, I'd be open to any insight you have on that. But absolutely, my wife, um, just with the growth that we've had, even now, I'm I'm still pulled different ways. But with the, with the twelve employees and. I still do do the payroll and the commission sheets, uh, meet with our advertisers, things like that to where, yeah, she's like, honey, you, you, you got, you gotta, you gotta do, you got to, you know? And so 
And she has never strayed me wrong. A little side story about her. We were just beginning to date when I was going to go leave my Cush medical sales, six-figure job. I had some, yeah, my tax return in and had some money saved. And I just told, we were out to dinner and I had actually um, got enough courage to tell her, hey, um, so I really, really like you and I want to continue to date you, but I'm not sure if I'm going to have any money here in a couple of months. <laughs> I'm quitting my job. I'm going to go start this, you know, wildlife removal business. And without skipping a beat, man, she said, no worries. I'll be your sugar mama. And so literally that statement, I called my boss the next morning and said, man, I got to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go start my own business. And yeah, ever since then, I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and so ever since then, I mean, you know, it's one of those things too. I'm, I am, and that may be why I own my own business. It's tough for people to tell me what to do. Uh, I, I do take, I think I take criticism good, but like, uh, being like critiqued on like you need to do it this way you need to do it that way from someone that has never even been in this industry is really tough and um but she has always had a way of saying it somehow or it strikes a chord and i'm like you're right and so a lot of hiring the other lady on the phone hiring the first lady on the phone um getting more sales guys getting me out of the field really came from her um is like you got it you know you, you really can't do it all you can't and there's never been a problem uh we've never not missed a payroll um i, I mean that, that's the biggest thing is put people in place set up a system have procedures checks and balances and it will do nothing but grow from there yep, yep. absolutely well yeah the big benefit of of hiring a manager and you're right nobody's going to do it like you do it nobody um, because it's your baby. Uh, but when you have a manager in place that has a skill set of already working in wildlife control or pest control, and maybe they've already been a manager somewhere else, and they have a good uh, reputation, they have that experience, they know exactly what needs to be done. And it just it buys you, you know, a manager is probably going to work 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, so whatever you pay them, but that's going to buy you 50, 60 hours a week. So what would you do with 50, 60 hours a week? You can do a lot of things. Uh, so that's very beneficial, right. especially for your wife and your, you have kids, I think, right? Uh, I have one. Yeah, we got a little boy. He's going to be 17 months old here in a couple of weeks. Crazy. Daggum. So. So yeah, having that manager is just gonna buy you a lot of time. So you can take that 50 hours a week and now you can say, all right, now I got nothing to do. Not true, you're still gonna have stuff to do, but there's still some things you're gonna be overseeing. Now I can take that time and energy and go put it into growing the business. Because, you know, eventually, I mean, I guess it's possible to continue to, to run it all on your, on your own, but it, does get hard and if there's ever a situation that you can't be there god forbid something happened uh it's going to be nice to have somebody you can depend on so it's very beneficial to, to have somebody there in place as a manager and really a business your size one manager would be just fine and if you, if you wanted to be overstaffed you can always get two but you know you have one of your crew members that decides or has something happen and they can't show up to work, 
the benefit of having a manager is they jump in and help that 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 other technician that day or a trapper can't come in or a sales guy can't come in you're always able to fill those positions so even having two managers a branch manager and a service manager they can jump in and fill in when there's vacancies and that in itself is going to take less pressure off of you and allow you to continue to focus on growing the business rather than running the business so right that, that would be my my argument of why you get a, a manager just having more freedom you know if you if you want more balance that's an easy way to get more balance in your business but my, my biggest one is growing it for me it's not about balance it's how how can i grow it faster i can grow it faster if i have managers in place so that's my biggest argument but you did touch on something else you said that you don't want to listen to people who don't have any, any experience in our industry tell you what to do oh man that strikes such a nerve with me and i always say that i i will not listen to anyone unless they've accomplished more than what i've had so i will take advice from people that have accomplished more than me even if it's not in wildlife control uh, but as far as like industry specific advice i really struggle with hearing people's opinions on that and you know they don't have bad intentions but um, you know if, if you do, just because you graduated from some business school doesn't mean you know more about wildlife control business than I do you know and I feel like until until you've worked out in the field and you've done all the positions every single one of them you've answered the phones you've been a sales rep you've been uh, you know an exclusion technician you've been a trapper you've removed dead animals you know you've dealt with customer complaints and all those things within the wildlife control industry i just don't think that you're going to have the same perspective as somebody who has and and have the best advice compared to somebody who has done all those things so i couldn't agree with you more there that that definitely that definitely strikes a nerve with me so um but man, I, I, I can't tell you thank you enough for taking some time. I know you're sitting in your truck right now doing this in the field. Um, so really appreciate you taking the time to come on here today and talk about your business. And uh, definitely think that you guys could, I mean, for you guys to go from 760 to 1.5, you could definitely go from 1.5 to 3. You just got to follow the, the goal. Follow the same steps again, right? So yes, sir. So there's there's so much business, and in Texas is a huge state. There's there's so much business in that little area that you're at. And I am familiar with it. Um, and then there's obviously other great cities in Texas that you could go into that aren't too terribly far away. So there's there's just a ton of opportunity. But uh, no, really appreciate you coming on here. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Sounds good, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, look forward to keeping the relationship going. Um, so you, you can make sure I'm on the on pace for those those goals I said about my three and five year plan. So uh, for sure. But well, yeah, I, I, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, that's over right. A billion, over a billion people listen to this. So everybody knows that, that you. That's that you awesome. Said that. 
<laughs> cool. All right. Well, we'll see him soon here in Austin then. Yeah, man. Hey, okay. if, thanks, Kyle. Uh, if you guys ever do like a family vacation in Orlando or something, let me know. Um, never know. I might be in the area. And uh, I, I definitely see myself being in the San Antonio area in the next six to 12 months um, for work. So if I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in there, I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, reach out. We're always all, always around. So, but again, yeah, appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to getting back on here uh, with some some uh, some more you know vice questions, whatever stuff that we found. But uh, yeah, for everyone who's listening, man, just keep on keeping on, keep going, getting it. That's right. Hustle all hard. Right. Thanks, Daniel. That's right. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate hey, you too. All righty, bye bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was brought to you by Conserve. Do you run a wildlife removal business and feel like you have no freedom? You're taking the phone calls, you're doing the services, and you just don't have enough free time for yourself. Are you ready to double or triple the size of your company and build a business that can run and grow without you while steadily increasing your profits? Well, Conserve partners with businesses just like yours all over the country, and together we are building a fast-growing business around your goals and lifestyle. We can reduce your operating costs, we can increase your sales, and give you, the owner, more freedom and help you build a business that runs and grows without you. To set up an initial consultation, email us at growth at conservemail.com. That's G-R-O-W-T-H at C-O-N-S-E-R-V-M-A-I-L dot com.